<laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's the debate. Yeah, I think the debates made a squirrel. It kind of set the mood for the entire rest of this show. Uh, but I'm very smart. I'm kind of, <laughs> that makes me smart. I'm kind of, I'm kind of thankful. Uh, oh God, America, what are you doing? I'm kind of, I'm kind of thankful. <laughs> Yanara's doing accounting tonight because she'd probably be like foaming her mouth right now. Their polls show this man like neck and neck with Hillary. Like, what the fuck are you doing? But anyway, back well, let's, to... Let's not talk about that. Yeah, let's, let's talk about writing. A much more happier topic. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fangs and Fonts. I'm Ocean. I'm Voice. And Roland's got his mouth full. I didn't even know we were starting. Yeah, that's how I do it. I just kick butt into the action and we go. He was, he was yeah, still with thinking. no plan or reservations whatsoever. So what are we doing tonight, Ocean? Talking about inflammatory topics. Speaking of which, <laughs> our dear friend Darkend made a list. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email Darkend. <laughs> that's talent at sofawolf.com. <laughs> But yes, yes. So he he's uh, knee deep into the the heat slush pile right now, and as is usual, he's started up his usual tales from the slush pile hashtag. Which unfortunately, Tarl, you've not been using. We've been very disappointed in you. Well, this is why we don't let you in into the secret editor games. Yeah, I took a week off. What can I say? Jeez. But he was starting to get so many that he just went. You know what? I'm just going to make a list. And then hopefully people can learn from that list. And, now, and we, we thought we'd go through the list and think our, our, our own suggestions yeah. about it. Given, given how we have told many of you to write your stories, we figure we would get somebody else's opinion on how you should write your stories or not. <clears throat> and uh, offer our own comments on said advice. For those of us taking us seriously, do take this with a grain of salt. But uh, these are good things to avoid if you don't want to sound cliched. I, I think we should put out the, the rule of thumb that um, there is no real writing, no real rule in writing that says, no, you can't do that. But there are plenty of very good suggestions that, you know, maybe you I shouldn't. Know. Rule of thumb's a little cliche. Can we use something else? No, because we're talking about cliches. <laughs> well, then my rule of thumb being <laughs> have two thumbs. Oh my god, you two. Now remember, this is this is not just something he came up with. This is years and slush pile after slush pile. It's not just something. Oh, I well, read this in from a story. Examples. How, how many submissions did he get for this? I believe they got over fifty submissions this year. Last year was something close to that. He's also done other slush piles. He's, Are, done, he's yeah. done other readings. Are you sure this is a compilation, or is this from the one he? This is a compilation. I'm doing. pretty sure. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if it was yes. As in all of the above. I, I w yeah, I wouldn't be surprised about either. Um, like, because remember, it's not like, well, I just read this story and it had this. It's like, oh, another one of these. And then he groans. Yeah. And then he goes, why don't I have rum in this house? Oh, right, I don't drink. Maybe I should reconsider that. <laughs> We've all had those <laughs> alcohol-induced editing moments. And then he grabs a cup of coffee and tries to stop jittering and reads the next page. Quite. <laughs> I think the main thing about this, too, is that even if you write a story like these that are good, the people reading your, the slush pile are going to be so sick of them, it might not matter. 
Yeah, because the fact is, is they've seen it so often that, you know, if you write the same thing that they've seen thousands of times before, because they've probably already published a story back in the beginning that's like they just said. So really, you could write the best story ever. They're not going to publish it because it's already so cliche to this lush pile. I should also point out that these are, although they are erotic cliches, a lot of these really don't have much to do with just being erotic. Some of them are just, you know, think about the story you're reading or the one that you're writing or the last one you wrote and think, oh, crap, did I do this? <laughs> well, there was just to before we get on the list, there was the one that Darkin brought up today where a lot some of the submissions he had received for this heat were the exact same submissions that he received for the last heat. <laughs> oh, with yeah. Very no minor, edits, no like... edits or very minor edits. And it's, to me, that's kind of appalling because if you're going to resubmit something, especially to some, someone who's already read your story, you would want to change it as much as possible. I, and I can pay see attention. where this might be coming from, but it is a little misguided. Because when some when you submit something to an anthology and it gets rejected, well, maybe you don't necessarily revamp it. You send it off to somebody else, somebody who has yeah. a different opinion. <clears throat> the problem here being that the same person edits the same anthology with the same story that you just wrote last year. Yeah. Don't do that. Because yeah. they rejected it the first time. If you change literally nothing, you will be rejected immediately the second time. Exactly. So... Should probably start with point zero, which wasn't actually on the list, but which kind of started the snowball. Which was that a bunch of the stories that he was getting were starting with a backstory, which he's, he points is a lot harder to pull off than mo most writers think, especially in something like a short story. You only have so many words, especially in a short. Like if you've got and a novel. <coughs> well, okay. So if if, if you have ten thousand of those words and two of them are dedicated to a person's backstory. Mm -hmm. You have 20% of your story dedicated to presumably a boring backstory because nobody knows or cares about the character yet. Well, and that's one of the things you got to realize is most backstories, because people don't know how to do them properly, most people, you can literally just put it in the story through general chatter or through events that happen. You don't necessarily have to have a backstory. You don't need to set up this character. You can set him up while writing the story, which will make him that much more interesting. So I know Darkin has talked about before is um, the inciting action. So if you're writing a novel, you've probably got the first few pages to, if it's a really good novel, the first chapter to put in that first hook and tell us why we're reading the story. In a short story, you, you, that should be on the first page, mm -hmm. if not the first paragraph or three. Because if I'm reading a story and I don't know why I'm reading the story until halfway through the story, well, then clearly the story should have started there. <laughs> There's, If you want to do backstory, that's just called exposition. And a lot of people find that boring because it's just wasting my time when really you want to integrate it into your story. Uh, put little details here and there. <clears throat> that's not to say that you can't break off and go, here's what happened. But the backstory is not where the... The no. meat of the story, the action of the story, or any of the character development, really, no. is going on. Because the backstory does only sets up <clears throat> the character up to that point, but has nothing to do with the actual progression of the character through the story. There's a novel that I'm reading currently, and it's one of those cases where they, they do a backstory improperly, because they do, the, they do this event involving a caravan gang attacked by a horde of vampires and one person surviving. 
and then promptly flat, flash, go forward three and a half years to this person in prison, at which point we talk about the things he saw when he was attacked by a horde of vampires, and then he ends up meeting this other guy who then ends up talking to him about being attacked by a horde of vampires, and it's just like, okay, you've now given me this, you've shown me what happened, and you've now given me two detailed descriptions of what happened. Clearly, we could have done without the the backstory, and we could have done without at least one of the descriptions. <clears throat> so, when you're writing, if you want to write your backstory, write your backstory, then start the story, then when you edit it, cut out the backstory. <laughs> You'd well, be surprised how much better that will make your story. Well, it goes back to the whole thing. Usually when you end up writing a novel or writing a story, you end up cutting up most of the beginning anyway because it's just you trying to find your feet before you start running. Is mm-hmm. <clears throat> where a lot of the boring stuff happens. The stuff that might be interesting to you because you're so invested in your own story. But I think when people are picking up a book with no pretense, they're not really invested enough to actually slug through it. Okay, so... Moving on, because we still haven't even started on point one. Uh, there's 25 <laughs> points. Yeah. Number one, um, Dark End's top 25 erotic cliches you should avoid in your heat submission is someone bears a secret crush for the person who turns out to have a secret crush on them too. Wow. Isn't that coincidental? Oh, oh. What conflict. Oh. If only I've seen this on Disney. Jeez. I wish that happened for my romances. Yeah, yeah. I wish my love was reciprocated. <laughs> Man, I'd be happily married with five kids now. <laughs> I had anyway, a secret I... crush on you? No, you had a secret crush on me? Oh, no. Oh. Can we have a series of very awkward moments where they just don't get it and connect? Yeah, where they're both flirting <laughs> with each other but have no fucking oh. idea, like... Or no, 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 they actually like, um, they kind of act like they act like they don't like each other. Like, oh, oh, I don't want to oh, help you. And then they run yeah. off to their friend's Flat. friend. You're like, oh my goodness. Oh, I got to smell her. And he's like, oh, he brushed my hand. Oh, the classic, I beat you because I love you <laughs> trope. Good old Japanese anime. Anti, like, not anti, um, well, uh, harem, harem, harem. The good old harem Yeah, ones. well, even like old 90s cartoons like did that <laughs> stuff all the time. <laughs> Fuck, I had a I had a high school relationship that was like that. And trust me, it's just it's not any fun. It's not fun to read. It's <laughs> <laughs> But I think the fact is is this is something that's done so often. And as I like as I said, the Disney like you watch any Disney cartoon or Disney like kid, teen tween live show, it's all about the secret crush versus the secret crush. And it's just it's so common. Why would you want to put that in your story? Do something unique. It's 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 kind of cute and beautiful when you know. Oh, I like a girl, and it turns out she likes me too. Because if you've been in that situation, or you know, the person that you like, you find out likes you. That's always a wonderful, happy feeling where you're just like, <gasps> yeah, it's it's elation to the max. Like. Yes, yeah, but that's that's not a plot device. <laughs> that's <laughs> not a story. Certainly it's a good not a plot feeling. Rush. That's a good like. It's not a very good conflict. No. Like, oh, turns out we both love each other. The end. <laughs> that was hard. We'll make I know we'll make it even better. Have one of them dying and confess his love to the one who secretly had a crush. That makes it better. Isn't that Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say, isn't that loved each other? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that like a Roland story? 
tragedy, despair. Uh, I'd be Depends. lying. Do they, do they I'd declare be love if... before stabbing in the back? And that's why they, that's why. That would be I my story. I was going to say, my yours. people don't get stabbed, but I'd be lying if I didn't say that I wanted to write something similar to that, except the person doesn't love them. And he is the one who's dying. <laughs> I love you. I know. I don't love you. Thank you, Han Solo. <clears throat> Etc. So what, what can we do to try to, what can people try to do to solve this? Try, there are so many different variations on romance that you can do. Just even pay attention to the world around you and how people hook up. Like, consider how a lot of meaningful relationships form. And it's not through like, oh, I have a secret spontaneous crush for you. And oh, so do I. It's let's actually get to know each other, have life experiences, not worry about fucking for five minutes and actually build a meaningful trusting relationship because that's a good point for an erotic story you know the fact that they some point that's either they discover they like each other after they've had sex or they discover they like each other and then have sex yeah and those certainly aren't your only two options yeah no okay number two everyone in the universe is male and we keep going to go number three every guy in the universe is gay or bi Number four, everyone is in the everyone in the universe is always interested in sex. Um, number five, everyone in the universe wants to be with a protagonist, and then six is any combination of two, three, four, and five. Okay, so here's how to not do that. Don't do that. <laughs> it, make uh, diverse, unique characters. Like, and I've fallen oh. prey to similar things. Like, everyone is the same gender because it's just easier to write. But. Like that, that's something where, you know, I'll start doing that just because I'm like, well, this seems like a male role. This seems like a male role. Or this seems like a female, female role. And, and then I'll stop, go halfway and go, oh, I should really put in someone with another gender or with, you know, a non-binary gender or something. Because don't forget, there are other genders than two. Well, and that's <laughs> what I was going to say is one of the main critiques of men writing female characters is they tend to write female characters like men in this world. And they'll of, write one. Yeah. female character and she will be the one female character yeah and again i'm reading this wild west where the main protagonist it's written by a male author and the main female lead is basically a dude with long hair and one of the main criticisms that i see time and time again in the review from women is it's just like this woman does not behave like a woman and i mean and he's just trying to write a strong character and it's like to make a strong character, you don't need to make it a masculine character. And, you know, if you're having troubles writing these particular characters that are, i.e., not male, ask a woman. They will talk to you if you ask them nicely. Um, and just sort of get input on what makes a realistic male, transgender, whatever character. Like... It seems, I I definitely see, and okay, I haven't read too much, but in a lot of the gay erotica I read, it's two, three, and four just always seem to come in hand. Everyone's male, everyone's gay or bi, usually just gay, and they're all just horny as fuck. Mm, I, I've read enough where pretty much everyone is bi, too. And But the, the thing with, the interesting thing for them to be bi means that you probably have to actually have a female character, yeah, I mean, <laughs> which is why you don't see it as often. <laughs> When I wrote one of my stories for um, one of the uh, Will of the Alphas, the one where I did my male male, and it's like you have the main character who is 
predominantly he's bi, but he really prefers women over guys. And the other guy's like, I like screwing around with guys, but I'm always a sub because he's a fox. Yep. And it's see, just... See, two, three, four, and five, I see just as projecting... You know the, what? Uh, the author's main oh, yeah. interest. Yeah. All the time. And you just described it right there. You have a guy who is bisexual but has a strong preference towards women. Yeah. Which I don't imagine you are bi, but <laughs> no. it, it kind of exemplifies the whole, like, I'm bi. I'm going to write about guys who want to have sex with the protagonist who I'm therefore projecting my... Yeah, my mental self well, onto. In in this case, it was a case of trying to figure out what how one of my most like straight characters is going to be into a male male sexual situation, and literally it was very clinical, and that was one of the main actual criticisms to it was just he clearly did not seem to be as into it as he should be, but he was out of his comfort zone for being a sub and for being in a same sex. See. That, that's going to be that's going to be great for quest uh, for for point nine. Okay, but two, three, four. I think. <laughs> yes, um, two, three, four. I think is just again. It kind of goes. I think that goes a little more borderline. You also find it more in porn versus erotica, because again, if if I'm a straight guy mm-hmm. and I want to read, you know, I probably want to read something straight. So it's going to be a guy and a girl. Like, I think gay even... guys want to read more about gay guys and so that's what they're going to write I think porn and erotica might fall prey to the same kind of pitfall because you only have so much Mm -hmm. space to write in an anthology such as Heat it also doesn't help that a lot of like the old genre stories seem to be very like you know like a western like you said you know It was old guys, you know, on their horses. Oh. oh, what did the women do? Oh, they stayed home and churned. They're and w- in a western. They're like, either prostitutes or, oh, right, right. They're either the tavern prostitute? owners or they're either the the, or the men's wives. <laughs> yeah, like and we still have like Annie Oakley in that, but you just you get some of a lot of these male dominated roles that really, honestly, we'd want to see more refreshment than not seeing those. You know, see something new. And yeah, and then you have. Point five. Everyone in the universe wants to be with the protagonist. Oh, is again was projection of somebody who would prefer to have the attention of everyone, which is something a lot of people feel not so interesting to write about because that's just like what reading you talking about how you would like your life to be for the next two to three hours. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, see, make... this, this is this is jumping to twenty three. <laughs> Yeah, it, I, I don't even know what all of these are. Yeah. Like, I've read through most of them, but these do have a lot to do with each other. But yeah. this kind of also ties in with point number seven. I'm supplying an end in, uninteresting, but everyone wants to be with me. Which yeah, I still feel are, is like how a lot of us feel. I think five and seven are almost the same. I, I do see the difference between seven is going, oh, woe is me, while five is just like, come fuck me. But, I, I, I think the... The point to be made with point seven is that if your character is plain and uninteresting, guess how bored your reader's going to be? I, I, I think it's just seven, seven says to me, okay, so seven again, I'm so plain and uninteresting that everyone wants to be with me. A, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anyone that wants to be with a plain, boring, uninteresting person. I don't know anybody um, who wants to be with somebody like so self-loathing. Yeah, exactly. B, that's not interesting. 
Um, there, there are occasionally the stories of, like, the pauper to the prince where, you know, this person that was nothing becomes something, but I don't think this is it. I think it's just the, oh, oh they're so cute because they're shy. Well, it's they, I clearly need to get their pants. They get all of the return for no actual investment. Like, if they're a plain, boring, and interesting character, and they have everything handed to them, what's the payoff? They, they've already got everything. Well, which is especially, the same with five, yeah. Well, yeah, and the thing is, is if they're plain and uninteresting, there's a good chance that they're not going to end up they're going to end up reacting to situations rather than actually being dynamic in them, which means they are going to be completely uninteresting. I, I think this also tries to play into like the whole stoic character thing where they're supposed to be super cool, but they're really just emo and boring. If you show me their struggle inside and trying to hold that, hold up their stoicness and being cool when really inside they're very insecure, that's more interesting. But yep. it's probably not that. Um, like, uh, yeah, the main issue here is the fact that, you know, oh, everyone wants to be with them in either case. It sounds very Mary Sue. Oh, it is. That's exactly what it is. It's incredibly... Yeah, like, they have no real defining features, yet somehow, like, their flaw is being, and, you know, too attractive or something. And at that point is when I look at the readers for so or the writers for Sona, I look at the persona of the protagonist and go, are they the same? Yes, they are. Oh. Well, this goes into the other point... Yeah, regarding uh, certain the names of certain protagonists and the names of certain authors. Yeah, which we'll get to later on the list. Yeah, um, I'm then, so sociable and successful, but no one is interested in me. Yes, number eight is the reverse of I'm Mr. Popular yet I'm not popular. <laughs> <laughs> which which just I don't understand how that works. How are you sociable but no one is interested in you? I think he means romantically. Okay, but if, again, like, I think this is another projection. Thing. I, I don't think I don't think they're very sociable at all. Then, well, I mean, you clearly, are not very charismatic, or they're just a shitty person. Well, it, it makes me <laughs> then, then they're not sociable at all. <laughs> Nobody wants to be sociable with a shitty person. It, yeah, it's really hard to think of a legitimate scenario where like that actually happens in real life. It, it makes me think of the whole, look at so-and-so. She's so hot. You should go ask her out because I bet you every man is so scared to ask her out <laughs> that she'll just say yes. And it's like, no, that's not but how the world We're dealing with a world right now where women can't walk down the street with being sexually harassed. Yeah, I, I, well, people. when we were actually driving back from the Wendy's, there was a drunk guy standing on his balcony oh. waving, looking at some chick, and he had just finished saying <laughs> something to her. And I was like... Yeah, I'm willing to bet he just yelled something, you know, very unappealing to her because she clearly was in the hunched around my books, just keep walking thing. And it made me kind of sick inside. All, all three of these, the everyone wants to be with me or no one is interested in me are again, just those those aren't interesting. Those aren't plot devices. Those aren't that's not a story. Not to mention those are horrible, shitty characters. Yeah. Like, tell me, like, like, does your character, like, absolutely hate broccoli and that makes them mad? Well, like, like that, of, that's more interesting than no one loves me, but all, I like All of these characters people. are just, like, they're inclined to be very self-centered and concerned with themselves, which doesn't make for a very relatable character. Yeah. These sound like the worst D&D characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I have a charisma of 30. Are there any women it's in like, the bar? Let me do a charisma yeah. roll. If there's any women oh. in the bar, I want to do them. My charisma is 15. Why can't I pick up a date? <laughs> and so on. Um, characters have sex for the first time. You gotta say the number. 
Number nine. Characters have sex for the first time. Somehow, despite no experience or practice, they are amazing at Okay, it. so I love this one. Well, Ikea has those instructions. It's because not aid. doing that makes the story so much... It gives it so much more depth and realism and hilarity if, if done correctly. Mm-hmm. Because ow, ow, sex for the first time dry. is awful. Yeah. And it actually goes both ways, because sex with a girl for the first time is awful. <laughs> sex with a guy for the first time, also probably <laughs> awful. And you can do so much with that. Why would, like, I don't know, nobody's good on their first time, and as much as we want to imagine it's magical and whimsical, and there nothing is... bad could ever happen with your first time with your true love. People's first times are... Sex in and of itself is very awkward. <laughs> And if you are doing it for the first time, you don't know what to do. You have, like, up until this moment, you have not seen a girl naked, let alone, like, really know how to pleasure them. Or guys, in some instances. You've probably seen many other guys naked because change rooms, but... But maybe this is the first one time I've As far as other guys' penises that you've actually touched, probably the first. And so... I think it's going to be awkward. I think one of the best, like, some comedian was just, like, sex for the first time is, like, trying to jackhammer in the dark. <laughs> it's just, you're all over the place and you're missing where you're supposed to be hammering, but you just keep going anyway. Like, I remember hearing about one story, actually, that it was sex between, like, two people. It was their first time. And it was full of, like, oh, oh, like, move, gotta move. And then... They try to put it in, and the guy, like, screams and, like, ow, it hurts. And so the guy pulls back and then falls off the bed. <laughs> that would be a hilarious story. That is, like, yeah. that is so much That's better. That's why just about every comedian I know has a story about virginity. Either someone losing or their own, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's honestly one of those, it's almost like a, a milestone in everyone's life. Like, it's the first time that you lost your virginity. This is like, because I remember a couple episodes back we were talking about why like eroticism doesn't have a lot of virgin stories. Yeah. This is why. Yeah. Because virgin sex is very awkward. And but that would, that would be interesting to me. I, th- I thought the reason we said why was because most of them happen, on, a, a lot of them happen at 18 or less and so the, that's taboo. Right, but it's not exactly erotic either in some cases. Yeah, like, okay, the, I, but sorry, the, this is from the, the usually one, non-erotic person like this, the going, story, like, I want to read this not because it's going to get me off, but because I, it's an interesting situation. But <laughs> because us, I want to know, I want to watch them Us as erotic and, writers are looking to write things that still ultimately arouse people. <coughs> and the story that I used in as an example <laughs> was also one where people said they couldn't get off because it was too awkward, it was too real. So, like... I just, I look at it, I think it's hilarious, and I have no problem with that, but. Like, if you're going to do sex for the first time, then it's going to be an important part. And how many things in your life have you done right on the first time? All of them. Yeah, damn straight. I'm a yeah. Mary Sue, bitch. Yeah, I'm perfect. Everyone perfect. wants to be with me, yet this, no one wants to be with me. This is why I liked One Punch Man, because essentially it's an interesting story about a, a Mary Sue. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because his... <laughs> Conflict is trying to find somebody that he can't yeah. kill in one punch. Like, <laughs> that's th- granted. Bra- bravo. Um, number so. ten. No one has ever heard of condoms or lube. 
And why why little, would you want those? Like, I'm that, a that just takes conflict- away the fun. Well, I'm a little conflicted about that, right? Because I'm this a is a fantasy. This. this is completely fantasy. If you want your world to have no STDs, no risk of pregnancy because interspecies relationships or whatever, I think that's your choice. If you want to take the moral high ground and get up on your soapbox and say that condoms and lubes are... Well, actually, the lube I will say you should probably use, but, yeah. like, the condoms... It's still a fictional world. And while you may want to highlight the importance of safe sex, it's still fiction. I think of on the standpoint of that is because I remember there were certain furry artists that I used to really like, and I'd, I'd sit there and read their stuff, and, okay, that's sexy and whatnot. But then you'd come, there came a point where they were just like, I'm going to do this commission comic, and there's a condom involved. And, like, when they started showing, like, the rough sketches for it, and friggin' the internet blew up, and it's just like, why is there a condom on this? This isn't sexy, blah, 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 blah. But some but people it was, actually do like that. But it was, was sexy. Yeah, there's people who do like it. There's definitely, I actually like a few of those pictures. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. No, and that's the thing, is there are people who do like it, and there are people who, and for the story that they presented at that point in time, it made sense. Because it well, was about the character, the female of the, that pairing liked safe sex. Well, like, I am not writing about gay, furry, anthropomorphic characters just for the sake of being realistic. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take some artistic liberties, and if I don't want to write about condoms, well, then I'm not going to. See, I'm going to disagree with you guys. Um, like, granted, <clears throat> not all the stories are going to involve condoms but a, a lot of the slice of life ones that really should be a something in there at yeah. least the very least like you know do you at least have some protection like ah oh, fuck it i don't care i love you like well and, and it's it i i don't see the issue with going like oh lie on your back as i put it and you just hear the rapper click like it's more anticipation mm-hmm. like well there there are stories where i have read where because of how the characters are interacting in my mind, I'm going, there should be something in there about a condom or something different. Um, Naylor's uh, summer camp one, where it was this hyper-Christian cat's first time. And, like, literally goes from giving head to suddenly sex. And it's like, Lucy's like, uh, he came in you? And she's just like, yeah, I knew it was safe. And I'm like, she has never had sex before. She's super Christian. This is just her in the heat of the moment. You think at some point it in her brain... There was no hymen breakage. There was no ow. There was yeah. No. You think that she would, like, mentally be like, hey, I should... He should have wrapped it here. This is like... No, we're just out in the bushes and suddenly just second meeting, decide to have sex. Okay. Um, even put condoms to the side, lube. There's, there's too many stories where it's just, just like, yep, pants off and slide straight in. And it's just like, no. No. Like, no. at least give it a spit no. and shove. I, I remember one guy telling me that he doesn't need lube because the guys he's with get so sweaty that works as lube. <laughs> <laughs> that is disgusting. <laughs> no, I, I didn't question I'm just like, cool, I mean, but... I can't, I can't really speak to that. I mean, if it works. It's like, I, I know but, myself, like, I... You are furry people who presumably like. I, I don't know. Just lube is always a good thing to have. 
when you're well, and trying not to just, have sex. And not just for male characters. Male, female characters. Mm-hmm. Lube yes. is still important. L- lube with Lesbian scenes with toys. Lube is still needed. Well, like, it, not to mention that just some women are naturally dry. Yep. But lube also helps. You have warming lubes. You have cooling lubes. Mm-hmm. You have regular lubes. And if they're not, lube. and if they're not, you have flavored condoms. And if they're not aroused enough, there's going to be tearage. And do you know what's really not sexy? Tearage. Yeah, you know what you want to stop doing after you tear? <laughs> have sex. <laughs> do you still feel in the fantasy of a story that yeah, I'm pretty sure that scraped his dick the whole way going in, but I'm still well, turned on. I mean, no, I'm saying you should. I already said use lube. Oh, okay, I missed that part. The Man. condom is the condom. The, the condoms thing. You're I okay think... suspending the disbelief for a condom. Yes. It... This is where we draw the line at bags well, of well, I mean, we, the condoms versus lube. Well, we, we have <laughs> we have to be realistic when you consider that a lot of people get turned on by barebacking, and I'm if they want to read a story about it, well, then. Well, this, as I said, it depends I'm... on the story. It depends on the character because the fact is, is that if it fits the story, do it. I mean, I think it was Kyle and Rikoshi were talking about the fact that most people don't want to read about a realistic sex scene where the prep is forever and then you need lube and you need this. And if you really consider, like, how realistic you want gay sex to be, yeah, go take a shower, go bring the douche, get the lube, spend about half an hour in the shower while you're sitting there with yourself in your hand and... No, it's not erotic. (laughs) Like, some liberties have to be taken. Somewhere there's some poor listener who's just like, so sorry, I'm probably being so graphic for the people on the other end. But but seriously, if you're writing a story, and if it's in modern day, if it's a slice of life, seriously, I I hope at least in your modern day life, not your characters in your life, when you're going to people and considering having sex with them and you do not know them personally, or you have not had a long sexual uh, committed relationship with them that you're you are going, going like tested with each other. Yeah, if you have not done that, that you're asking, please bring up the condom question. <laughs> it's better to be safe than sorry. We well, practice like, safe sex here on Bags and Fonts. We do. Number yeah, eleven. We practice safe 11. sex. Not necessarily read about it. <laughs> Everyone of importance is in their twenties. Anyone older than thirty-five exists only to be proved. <laughs> Shut See, up, voice. <laughs> well, I was going to say, the, the older I get, the more amusing I'm going to find this particular point here. It's all about hot, sexy, young adults. Is, and 30, am, 35-year-olds are married with children and tell you that sex is the devil. I am three months away from gray muzzle territory. <laughs> Nothing depresses oh, me more yeah, I know you're about reading certain... There, There's an anthology where I started reading. It takes place in Vancouver. Not an anthology, a novel. <laughs> and the main character sits there, and she's part of a... It's an urban fantasy. She's part of a magic-wielding police force. 30 is over the hill in this police force. Once you... They, they're Actually, it, um... What was it in Logan's Run? How old yeah, did you get? 50. 50 was Logan's Run? No, so. no, no. The journal leaves when the person turns 30. Oh, it is 30. So okay. there you go. We're just... We're, yeah. every, every universe is Logan's so, Run. So, yeah, it's a modern-day furry Logan's <laughs> Run. That's why it's gray muzzles. <laughs> yeah. It's actual gray muzzles, isn't it? But <laughs> gray muzzles are not allowed to have cool, sexy I, stories. I will say, very rarely do I ever come across older characters in any short stories or novels. Very rare. Usually they're parents, which is just bizarre. No one ever sits there and takes on, you know, some kind of, hi, I'm an older person and still 
pretty damn good. Do you figure that has to do with the uh, age demographic? I of, think it definitely has to do with of the these age people demographic. that submitting these stories. Because let me tell you, when I was in my early twenties, I thought people over thirty were fucking old. Yeah, and like not to be socialized with, not right to that degree, but well. People over that age were a lot older than me. There was there was a lady who, when I was working in at the Gap, who was in the fitting room, and she was telling me because I was complaining about how old I was because I was in my late twenties, and she's like, "You know what? It's like, wait till you hit 30. 30 is where it's at because at thirty, you're you have the money, you have the time, and you have the maturity to do whatever wait, the fuck you want." Supposed to have time. When do I get time? Yeah, I'm learning to yes. 30 for when, long enough. When, I want my time. When 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 will you ever travel? Please tell me. When will you ever go to other cities and I see amazing things? Jeez. And yes, yet, oh, I saw a lovely training center yeah. outside of Chicago. Oh, mwah. Yes, what they've done to this this uh, all girls dormitory is is wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> and you should did take this, the this right center. after you went to go work from a desk in Florida because you wanted to. Tallahassee. <laughs> no, Florida. When you took like your week and a half off. Yeah, no, Tallahassee. He did oh, he whatever. not? Tallahassee, Florida. Yeah, but he he gets to work from wherever the fuck he wants. But anyway, again, going back to this. I do think it does have a lot to do with the demographics. There's a reason that gray muzzle is, what, 30, 35? is because at that point, usually a lot of furries have, re you know, they have their circle of friends who are their friends because they're their friends, not because they're furry, where anyone generally in their 20, early 20s or earlier are furry friends because they're furries and, oh, my God, it's a social circle where I can be retarded. And no one will judge me. Oh, except for those people that are gray muscles, they'll judge me because heaven forbid they're mature. I think this again goes to not having a diverse selection of characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, again, I think maybe, maybe it's a lot of the writers are between the 20s and 30s, and so that's the kind of character they write. But yeah. And you're going to be touchy writing anybody 18 or under because if it's erotica, ah, and nobody apparently wants to hear about that vixen who broke her hip in the in the nursing home with the hot grandpa. If I it was my anthology, I would include it because the fact is, is that like that's worth it. But at the same time, it's kind of like, do people really want to hear about uh, uh, a married couple that has three kids and having sex? Depends. <laughs> I mean, on how it's it's an option. <clears throat> Some people do like older people, but. How, how many how many erotica stories have you guys read where it's an already established couple versus a swinger or single person? How often do you see the already committed couple? My answer to that is, is very rarely do I ever see it, but because I write Raven and Holly, I'm writing the established couple. Mostly yeah, you've, got, you've got your characters. Other than yours, though, when was the mine? last time you can think of someone that did a story where it was already an established couple? I don't know. I haven't read anything in for fucking ever, except, okay. except for Summer King. But um, I, I think that might be one of uh, one of the reasons, right? Because again, like you said, when you're at your thirties, you're already kind of settling down. You have a good sum of money. You've probably got five, ten years into your career. Yeah, and I think so, a lot of people also just like to write about the exploratory era that was their twenties. Yeah, you get to do a lot of cool stuff in your twenties. Yeah, what are you we may not have a lot of money, Number but you 12. sure do a lot with it. It's interesting how. The more money you get, the more boring you get. <laughs> that? In a, the, the more money you get, the more boring you get, it seems. 
you know, you're like, oh, I'm exploratory in that. And then you're like, well, I've just got money and I settle down. I go on vacations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Number 12. Protagonists share species and name with writers for Sona. Story is just their sexual exploits. Just oh, don't this do this. Works. This this relates back to everyone in the universe wants me, or I'm so plain and I'm too I, Everyone wants me. Yeah. Just don't do it. I I don't ever want to read. I I don't think I'm ever going to publish a story that will have the author's name, and then after that, in the first paragraph, you'll read about his character. Which is the same name as the Like, author. there is enough of a precedence set that if you write your main character after yourself, it is going to get tossed immediately. No, 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 no. It won't be immediately, because we're going to laugh at it. Yeah. We, I'm sorry. I'll be cruel. I will laugh at it. Yeah, either way, just don't do it. Let me... You let will me, not be taken you, seriously. You can put that up on F8. I am okay with you putting that up to people. Putting it up to people. <laughs> Um, just for fun and because other people enjoy it, I am not going to publish it take, as an editor. Take the book published by Fur Planet Partners by Invisible Wolf or whatever. You ranted about that so much. Well, the thing is, is that I read it. It was an okay book. But through the entire book, I couldn't get over the fact that not the protagonist, the guy who's the protagonist's love interest is the writer's persona. And I just, I could not get over that. And maybe it was because I just, I'm stigmatized against it. But the fact is, is it's just, I can't read it as just a story. I read it as the person's fantasy for themselves. Oh yeah, you've already set the stage for this to be your own personal fat fest. That's what it is. And that's all anyone will ever see of it. Yeah, like, you can write it. I'm not saying don't write it. I'm just yeah. saying Post I, as an editor, will not accept that Post as, to FA, as a public don't submission. Submit it to yeah. eat. I, as At an the very least, anthology. control F, <laughs> find all the names, change it to somebody else, and you're good enough. I, myself, will never publish a story like that. Number 13. We just had a small fight and quickly forgave each other. Let's have messy sex for the remaining of the three quarters of the story. <laughs> Let me shove your face in puke. I think I think this is the equivalent. High five. <laughs> this this just sounds like oh pizza delivery. Oh, but I don't have a way to pay it. Let's argue for five minutes and then let's fuck. <laughs> it's uh... again this this is not a plot device. Like no. I, I, well, not even that. Like if you're having if your story is about two a couple say in this example having to fight. And coming to terms and getting over each other, sure. But you're going to have to find some way to escalate that and show both sides. But the second sentence of this point is, let's have messy sex for the remainder of the story. That just sounds shoehorned in. What does that have to do with them having... Well, it sounds more like a porno than an erotic story. Yeah. Because there's no substance to a story if there's next to no conflict. Yeah. And it's just, how do you write about sex for 8,000 words? You know what this reminds me of? Um, underage drinking in high school. Because back in Saskatchewan, that is what everybody did. Because there's not much to do. And so all they, all they wanted, all they needed was an excuse to do what they were already going to do. Oh, the harvest is in. Let's go drink. Oh, it's Friday. Let's go drink. Oh, the hockey game is over. Let's go drink. Yes. The two have nothing really to do with each other. You're just trying to use point A to make an excuse so that you can validate point B. 
And that's what this is. Yeah, it's kind of a thin veil on what you would rather write about, apparently, which is sex. Yeah, you're just trying to create conflict There's by, no thinking, story. by literally There's no... taking conflict literally. Number 14. The love interest is only described by species, eye color, and erection or breast size. The only three things that matter, right? Can I look you in the eye, so, tell you your tits are awesome, and then screw you like a fox? Yeah, so the, the phrase <laughs> beauty is skin deep comes to mind. If we know nothing about your character outside of the parts we should apparently be attracted to, they're not going to be an interesting character, and I'm not going to be very turned on if you're trying to write an erotic story. Well, you mean you're not turned on when I say uh, Janine has gigantic tits? If I was 16, yes. <laughs> but these are gigantic. If I, I don't They're like triple Fs, or I don't. <laughs> you know what turns me off the most? Giant fucking tits that would break your back. I okay, will point good. out on one hand there is the hyper fetishes, you know where. Yep. You know there are there's there's a porn for everything, right? But we want to know more about what's on the inside, not on the outside. Like, yeah, sure, your love interest has a raging bod, etc. But that is so easy to describe. I want to hear something interesting about the character, really. Like, give me a reason to care about why these two people are banging bodies to against each other. And don't just tell me they're hot, because that's not a valid reason. Yeah. I know plenty of hot people that are total bitches. And there's so many other things you can use to describe somebody. Like, are they curvy? Are they thin? Are they tall? Are they lanky? You know? You know, how's their smile? How sexy are their calves? You know, what do they do when they say hi to you? Like, that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> As number, f- oh, number 15. <sighs> He's cheated multiple times and broken trust countless more, but his SO will forgive him instantly because he's sad and maybe sorry. Oh. I know, I'll take him back. Um, see, this is just an, a really unfortunate abusive relationship. <laughs> yes, this, yes. this is relationship. This abuse. is real. And I'm sorry, Dark End, but this is real. No, I think that's his issue, too. It's but sad. it's also horribly abusive and not erotic, it's, or even, like, a reason to forgive the main character... This is not sexy. Or his love interest. This is not turn this us is, off. This is not sexy. This is not heat material. And this is this point. is the people reading it going, like, I feel so bad for anyone who's read a story like that and said, oh, that's just like me and my significant other. And it's like, if that's the case, run. Run very far away. Yeah. It's it's not sexy. It's, as we've all said, it's abusive. It's, it's, yeah, it's not romantic. This is a drama. It's not, not sexy. Erotica. Yeah, it is a recipe for a broken relationship. And that is not erotic. Well, that was easy. Yeah. 16. <laughs> the protagonist's personality is an alpha. Nothing more than that. Just alpha, alpha, alpha. I hate the personality. Like alpha, beta, blah, blah, blah. Isn't Shit. that... It, haven't that also been proven that like there aren't alphas? No, it's... And it's wolves in that? I think... When I look at this, all I can think about is 4chan. And that tells you how legit I think it is. I actually think about undergrads. Awful, awful, awful. Mm. Somebody who inserts themselves into everything, they have to be the best, and they're just bullheaded. It makes me think of Titus. Yeah, <laughs> alpha. Yeah. Like, no, that's not sexy. That's just arrogant. It, yeah, it's just arrogant and dumb. 
And it usually ends up with more Mary Sues because they still get what they want for being an alpha. Actually, um, that guy you really like, Conan. Yes. Oh, Conan is sheer alpha. Yeah. But, the, but the thing is, is Conan existed because, to quote the best meme ever, our motivational poster, Conan exists because we all have day jobs. Yeah, I mean, there's times when that could work, but in your furry erotic story, probably not. Yeah, especially if it's something that's happened enough. That... Because, like, we we all kind of had that one, like, jock-type person in high school that you mean, we just like, hated. Number 17, love interest as a high school football player? So this, this is doesn't remind I... me of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Do go on. No. <laughs> Please. It's the fact that he actually had to make a point devoted around a high school football player. How many stories has Dark End gotten that involve high school football players? See, I feel like this is the part where Kyle Gold has to um, issue an, an official apology to Dark End for all of the high school football player stories he's getting right now. Because I'm sure that's part of it, if not most or all of it. Or some sort of, I mean, some people do have that fantasy as well, but it is probably at this point overshadowed by the popularity of Out of Position. Out of Position. I think it's just funny that that's on the list, is that he's gotten that many enough that it is a list item of high school but I, football players. I'm pretty sure that's why. Like, Oh, yeah, probably. So no, don't no, do it. It's If we're talking about cliches, this one is... The dead horse sitting on the football field. Speaking of school, do you want to do number 18? 18. Gay teacher slash student romance. Bracket. In school. For whatever reason, this is really popular in the heat slash pile and rarely works well. What's the song? Getting hot with teacher? Hot for teacher. Hot yep. for teacher. Didn't so, you do a... Yeah, I you did. did a teacher one. I did a... For taboo. my taboo. I did a teacher-student relationship. Yeah, this one's... Uh, this specifies gay. Yeah. Which is really interesting. even more interesting, I guess. Except I can see where it makes it really awkward. Because That's... the gay lifestyle is very closeted. <laughs> and <coughs> you can't... Is it that yeah. you're coming out to someone who's Notice you know, safe me gay and secure? Or... I, I think it just introduces a lot more... It's it's sort of really hard to play out because I'm assuming that like a lot of the times being gay has nothing to do with actually being in the workplace. Is it is it the gay version of nice, nice? Or have you seen that episode uh, of South Park? The one yeah, where Ike I, I is know, having an affair with his teacher. I, I know the reference, but I don't <laughs> think I've seen the episode. Uh, like with with my story with the student and the teacher. It wasn't framed around any sort of romance. It was framed around a key swapping party that it, just yeah, happened. It to had be nothing student. to do with the actual classroom. Yeah, it's yeah. No, you're right. It's with for some reason the fact that there's like he gets a lot of gay teacher student romances. It's, I mean, it's taboo on you know this teacher student thing. Yeah, fine, but the fact that it's also the hidden gay romance that occurs between them. It's it's interesting that there's that many people submitting that kind like, of story it's it's just several degrees of taboo at this point because you've got old old and young like the sugar daddy type situation going on gay and then teacher student yeah 
which is a lot to handle at once. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that this is so popular for the heat slush pile, apparently. I can see why it becomes so tired, because that would be a difficult situation to pull off. Yeah. As far as being able to write it well. Which is probably why he says it rarely works well. Yeah. So if you think you're doing something different or unique by having the gay teacher suit romance, uh, sounds like they've heard it already, all before. And kind of the whole, like, teacher student in the classroom is probably one of the most like repeated porn scenarios i've ever heard of very true so yeah odds are you're hitting on a few things that have been done to death yeah now 19 i think is one that you and i taro probably really yeah 19 everyone of importance in the story is either atheist or agnostic and religious people only exist there to be prude as as someone who has a degree in religious studies, I find this, at least when I've done slush piles, like even people who have a Christian like God in their stories and don't capitalize it drive me freaking oh. crazy. And I have to sit there and explain every time. And no matter what response I get back to it, it's like, no, this is legit no. how it works. It's a profit now. Yeah. It's, Just, you're, calling, you're not calling God. You're not writing God. Because he's a god. No, you're calling. You're writing God because that is the name we have given him. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I understand that furry itself has been, um, what's the word? Not a recluse. Um, a safe spot for people being harassed and and. People have a lot of like sort of hang-ups about their parents being yeah. like. Like, overly uh, religious or there there was a yeah there's there's a large movement of people who came to furry because it allowed them to express themselves be allowed them to be gay not feel restricted by the world around them and so and there's a lot of i think there's a good chunk of religious i'm like agnostic and atheists in in the fandom and i'm sure that's where a lot of this reflection goes back because in addition to the coming out of the closet gay stories that I'm sure we have enough of, um, there's also the, that leads into a whole part of the, who can be our antagonist for that? Well, religion, because yeah. I hate the gays. I'm interested that agnostic is included with the, the atheist comment because I have not seen that particular dichotomy between agnostics and religious people. What I have noticed is that being atheist is apparently the new edgy thing to be. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people that jump on anything religious, anyone religious, anyone who says anything religious, and even just remotely mentioning the concept of God. And it's really annoying, and it doesn't work. Especially because... because all you're doing is jumping on people for the same shit yeah. you are giving them shit for. Yep. And guess what? Being an atheist is a religion. By the definition of religion, being atheist is a religion. So you can't shit on other people for having like a religion. The, the only reason I've heard somebody like bring up the fact that they're atheist is, one, in the response to, are you religious? Which is fine. Or, to use it to shut somebody down yeah. who is religious. And just don't do it. Friends are it's friends kind of, because they don't discuss it's, uh, it's, religion, politics, and money. Yeah, it's really tired, and it's been 
done to death. Just not even just in story. It's not even really a proper conflict for an erotic story. Well, except for the whole like coming out of the closet, parents, oppressive relationships. I think that's where the agnostic comes in is because maybe they're like, well, maybe I still believe in God, but I'm stuck trying to go. But does God hate me because I'm gay or or like has anyone actually ever done the religion hates me because I want to have sex before marriage? It's being touched on. Like, that was the whole... That one seems even more exciting than whatever, but... It's like, certainly been like, done less. There, we see the Westboro Church, and we see things like, like ISIS, where we see radical religious people, and I think the majority of us go, no, that that is bad. They are not reflecting uh, healthy views. But there's And then there's the people who are religious who let people live their lives. They exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't need to be plot devices. On number 20? Sure. Before we have number a 20. Debate. Writer really wanted to show that a non-standard relationship is good, so wrote a story with no conflict to <laughs> emphasize the goodness. Okay, I love this one too. Because everybody sucks. And yeah. everybody has conflict. We all have hang-ups. For reasons like what we just discussed. Nobody's perfect, and neither should your story be. You mean I can't just be a person in the world hoping to unless, get to an orgy and somebody invites me to an orgy and everything Unless you're happening? writing a children's book, but if you're writing for Heat, we want conflict. <laughs> they want I, good I assume storytelling. Dark wants conflict. Well, and that's the thing, is conflict creates good storytelling. Having no conflict is not going to prove that this, you well, know... What are we really going to see if your characters have... Like, so let's say we have a polyamorous relationship with a transgender male another male and then a female and their lives are perfect they have a house they all have jobs they have income they never fight they all love each other very much they would never cheat without the other person's consent so they go to the grocery store and pick up some ice cream then they go pick home. up a movie from blockbuster go home and watch it they cuddle and have sex end of story fascinating what really happened like there's so and they much. went to Blockbuster. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah. They went well, back well, in time. Realistic. <laughs> yeah, the fact that I introduced Blockbuster, a company which no longer exists, makes that more interesting than the rest of the story. How did the Blockbuster get there? Who mans it? Who is working there? Who nice, owns the Blockbuster? Nice turnaround. Nice turnaround. You get the plots for that. <laughs> There's so much more to people than just like living the happy facades of lives that we feel like other people are living it's sort of like that whole facebook syndrome where you only see the good parts of people's lives and so therefore you feel singled out left out and miserable but that's not how things work yeah it's not what they're doing and that's not how a relationship works people have conflicts they talk they work things out regardless of whether or not things are going smoothly you know what that whole perfect Span of time is called the honeymoon phase, and it doesn't last forever. Yeah. 21. Everyone has a kink and will enjoy if I talk at length about it. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh. Oh. Um, oh. Does this one really need oh. any explanation? Like, oh. Oh. Um, this <laughs> is sort of like the whole, what happens in your bed should maybe stay there. If you are writing for something like Taboo or Will of the Alpha, or where it's very... Either. A kink anthology. A kink anthology. 
that's okay, because the person who is going to enjoy your story has picked up this anthology to read about your kink. Heat is a general erotic anthology, and this whole thing is going to apply to any general erotic anthology. Not everyone enjoys your kink. No one wants to sit there and read about, you know, your paw fetish and go, okay, I picked up this book that I spent 20 bucks on. Let's yeah. get to the sex. Oh, it's just, you know, maybe if the book were named Pause. I think it's not even that. It's just like, oh, pause. This is why I like pause. Pause feel great. They feel great. Oh, they like them rubbing on this. I want to, it's like, if you're going to put a kink that is not a common kink, I don't know what is a common kink and what isn't, but... If you're gonna well, put it in something, seems like a pretty common kink there. then don't don't have a story telling me about it. Show me, you know. Have a character that gets turned on by pause. Why why do they get turned on? They looked and somebody like their shoe fell off, and they're like ah, oh, and then they get to like show me. Don't tell me if you're gonna do a kink, but also realize that my kink isn't your kink, and although I'd, maybe I'd like to learn about yours, that doesn't mean that's a story. <laughs> Number twenty two. No one really has this kink, so they'll laugh if I poke fun at it. Yeah, don't do that. That'll get a lot of people very angry at you. Yeah, it's it's easy to alienate a lot of people by poking fun at the wrong thing. Especially with kinks, because they are something that's very personal, mm-hmm. not usually seen in the light of day. And it's, it's been quite a hot topic recently as well. Any, anyone who's been shamed for their sexuality or for enjoying sex or just for the religion or anything in their life, it's just the same thing. You're just... Well, this goes back to an example of this, and this is more of a real-life one. When at the uh, kink night, when the, a woman went up there to do a presentation on self-flagellation, and she goes up there, she's wearing a nun habit, she strips down to the waist... And, you know, it's late enough in the night that the bar is catcalling, there's stupid comments, and no one's taking it seriously. And then she started flogging herself. And, and when she really got going, the entire place was silent. You could have heard a pin drop. Because everyone was so caught up in the moment because she did such a good presentation of it. And it's one of those things where, you know, everyone suddenly understood why that was sexy. Because everyone was so drawn into that moment and, you know, that's what you're trying to do when you're writing. If you just make, poke fun at it, you're just the drunken people in the bar making fun of something that someone may find extremely pleasurable. Like, if you even look at it as, you know, think of the people you joke around with. Your good friends, the people you hang out with on a near daily basis or at least a weekly basis. Yourself, myself, Ocean, like... The comment about the enlarged penis. Yeah. That's okay. Because I know you're not serious and are just giving me a hard time. Or whoever else. And that's fine. Your readers are a bunch of strangers who don't know you. Yeah. And to make such a pointed comment about something like that, even in jest, they don't know that. Yeah. Be nice. Be nice to others. Love everyone. And heaven forbid if you end up deciding to poke fun at the editor's kink. <laughs> that, that is also a now very I know, real yeah. possibility. Okay, Dark, if you, I'm sure there's got to be a story there. You, you, I want to hear that. <laughs> uh, what are we on, 23? We're yep. almost done? Yeah. 23. One of the main characters writes an erotica, 
author uses this to preach about the best way to write erotica. We know when you're preaching. Stop it. Is this really... Does this happen enough to be a cliche? I, I've never heard of this happening, but I'm surprised it happens often enough I have, to be on this list. I have seen this with horror writing, and it drives me nuts. Yeah, horror writing. Erotica writing, I've only read one story, and that's the one they published in Heat 12, I want to say, which was Condrills, which was the cover. But I don't think he was preaching about the best way to write erotica. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't have published it. <laughs> but, like, does that actually happen a lot? I guess so. It's... No one wants to read a preachy story. But, Th- like, this how is... Does that, like, what? I don't... Well, I mean, th- this is actually... This is Jackie Chan gift to me. Just like, what? This is similar to all of the other ones where we don't want to read about you writing about yourself. Yep. That's what this is. You're writing about the best way that you want other people to write a story for you, and nobody else wants that. Only you do. So don't do it. <laughs> Number... 24. 24. Character has a critical life-or-death job, but completely ignores it when irresistibly sexy protagonist shows up. What if having sex with the irresistible sexy protagonist is a life-or-death situation to save their life? Well, I mean, I was going... <laughs> but then at least the I sex I need to has... put your hip back into place, but Mrs. Then, Johnson. But, oh, but then... Oh. I was going to say that this is more unrealistic than shoving it in without lube, but... The fact is, is at least in your scenario, the sex has a meaning. In this, <laughs> the sex has nothing to do with the actual storyline. Yeah, if the, se- the life-or-death job is sex with a irresistibly sexy protagonist, <laughs> go fucking balls to the wall... But like, if your life or death job is stop the volcano from erupting, everyone in Pompeii will die, and you choose to go off and have sex with the sexy female protagonist. Miss, instead. you have to get out of this building. It's about to burn down. Oh, but I don't know how to repay you yet. For you need to me. undo the the cuffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. One more fuck before we take you down to the precinct. <laughs> Oh no, the door's locked from the outside! Oh, we can have sex in the cell room. (laughs) 25. Love interest has no needs and desires of their own and only exists to satisfy the Uh, needs and desires of the protagonist. Mary Sue. Yeah. Some good characters. Yeah, I think this also, this this relates to so many other points. Like, uh, they're just tits, tits and eyes, right? And they're just like, hi, I'm here so you can try to fight for me and then we will fuck. Yeah, this is sort of along the same lines of we only know how they're described by their eye colors and their breast size. Yeah, it's very one-sided, two-dimensional character. Give us The people want to be able to connect in writing because it's not just a visual media where, yeah, literally you're just staring at it. This is you forming it in your mind. And the people are going to come back and fap more and more to a story where they like the love interest. So this next point is on the oceans, and it... Uh, oh my goodness, oh, 2026, it's always a fox or a wolf or an otter. But it's not Dark End's concern. No, but that's mine. I will agree with uh, this. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it happens. So, after listening to these 25, ignoring my last one, what, what are the big takeaways from these? The one I see is characters. Write real characters. Give them Very depth. much. Make them more than just tits or dicks. And give them real consequences. None of this, like, 
oh, we fought for a little bit but made up, or like, I almost got hit by a car but nothing actually happened. I'm so traumatized. Make actual real things happen because yeah. that's where things get interesting. Double on the consequences. Like, a lot of these are like, oh, everyone like, likes me or no it, one likes it's me. All, so what's the con- What's the plot? What's the conflict here? Sex itself is very boring. There's got to be something more behind it to make it interesting. And that's what the rest of your story is there to provide. I don't know. It's the most boring like, yet exciting activity I, think, I like to do. I think a lot of authors <laughs> like to pull punches because they ultimately gather some sort of kinship for their characters and they feel bad killing them off, which is why you should do it. It's just, it, I don't know, it's... I think, not necessarily kill, but, like, <laughs> present them with some real, like, consequences. Because, you know, think of the last time you did something, like, horrifically awful or misguided, and what you had to do after the fallout had happened. Very true. You, your life would be very boring if you never received, like, punishment, cosmic or otherwise, for your transgressions. Again, who wants to read boring? Exactly. Thank you, Dark End, for creating that list. I hope you personally enjoyed our rants and ramblings from this, and I hope that everyone else enjoyed and learned a little something. So for next year's heat, you know, dig up this list again and double-check it against your own stories. You might have a better chance next year. For everyone here at Fangs and Fonts, I'd like to thank you for listening, and you should check out our website, fangsandfonts.com. Check out our Twitter handle at Fangs and Fonts, our Facebook page, Facebook page, Fangs and Fonts for Affinity, Fangs and Fonts. Send us emails, send us complaints, send us comments. Fangs and Fonts at gmail.com. And if you yourself are an editor, what are some of your personal pet peeves? What do you find yourself coming up against every time you sit down to a slush pile? We'd be curious to hear that. We like hearing about people. Anyway, good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. <laughs> good night. Depends on how you approach. Sorry. Uh, no, go ahead. It depends on how you approach it. Like when Mark, I think that was just one of the most Canadian things we've done on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, you. No, after you. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, you. Yeah, go. But really, no somebody one... who. Sorry, go ahead. No, uh, go for it. <laughs> just. <laughs>